Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Furiosa. What a lovely day. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a lovely day. And oh. we are joined this week by Witness Me. I am Keenan. Yay! Immortan Keenan. Keenan. I love well that. Uh, uh, Keenan, we have a challenge for you. You have to say exactly as many lines as Tom Hardy said in. Mm, I'm not this sure movie. that was his voice. The, this movie, and I want to talk about that. But how many times? Uh, all right, I'm introducing a drinking game. We can't. We can't actually do drinking games on Facebook. But just no. for, pretend whatever beverage you have. Um, every time one of us grunts like Tom Hardy. Mm, take a drink. Mm, Good. Mm. Every time Scout barks, <laughs> no, take a drink. That's no? unacceptable. Well, we'll let's just move drunk. on from this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so today we are looking at a world that posits something that is slightly worse than 2020. Hmm. As we talk, Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron in George Miller's modern classic Mad Max Fury Road. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing questions. What are we drinking this episode what does everybody have i'm having an old-fashioned mm. love it mm. Mm. i got my drink from my universal donor Her blood. oh my god she has you a blood are bag. drinking she's drinking out of a blood bag. <laughs> again doing a visual gag for a podcast <laughs> yeah. we'll put we'll put a we'll put a picture on, we'll put a picture mm -hmm. on social I media. I love it. And her no, face really is also need to open it. Then you her face it. is also painted black. Yes. Um, Keenan, what are you drinking? I, I imagine am... that blood bag is going to explode all <laughs> over the room. I am having a cranberry hard cider from Windridge Cidery, which is where I will be getting married. Well, having my wedding reception. Yes. I already got married in July, but my wedding reception next October. And we loved your wedding reception. Congratulations they again, will, of uh, course. We our giant has those. I saw them today. Mm. And I really, it, yeah. It is still it's really good cider, Keenan. It's still going to be a movie attire oh, themed ceremony. Not movie right? attire. I mean, if you want like, to wear movie, no, attire, from a movie. You can, no, no. From, yeah, it is still movie yeah. themed. Oh, okay. Uh, are we yes. going to see a renewing of vows so we can experience? Yes. The whole thing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Well, I love well, we are still having the ceremony. So that's, right. that's not a universal donor, Katie. Oh, oh that is amazing. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I actually don't need a universal donor because I am a positive. All right. This, this is, is that universal positive. recipient? Yeah, maybe. Oh. <laughs> that this is universal recipient. Isn't really? there one that's like a universal recipient can take any type? Yeah, I don't think that's. No, me. I think it's a donor. No, no, no. I think no, there's a donor, think, right? Keenan might be. Right, I don't know. Hold on, I'll, I'll fact it's check. Not mine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to talk about that. blood. Fact check blood. I mm. hate blood. One um, of our commenters would like to continue talking about Space Force. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff, we've <laughs> uh, moved on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we could get. We maybe well, could uh, talk Space maybe Force. Maybe in the point. Yeah. Oh, we wait, actually, this is true. <laughs> Keenan, I know it's a visual gag, yes. Brian, but we have to acknowledge that our guest is in, in the outer space. of a five-year-old. <laughs> yes. So. Keenan is recording. Keenan, as we've been talking, we've been documenting Keenan's rise to adulthood yes. um, uh -huh. over the past year. And he purchased a beautiful home, uh -huh. and, yeah. which has a bedroom that was designed for a five-year-old, Keenan? Probably. To it's a small child. Uh, so... Basically, when we looked at this house, we went to this room. And it was just like, holy. And for those of you watching on Facebook Live, let me just do a quick pan of the. And then uh, describe, describe for our the, listeners. So it has a ceiling yep. with 
stars on it. Uh, you can't see the. I, it really is actually I will impressive. Say very impressive. What's not very impressive, impressive is they think space painted. is fucking navy blue. Oh, Jim. Oh, there, well, there are but planets. But then there is a very phallic. Uh, yeah, that thing. Rocket. Rocket, rocket, yeah. Rockets are phallic. I mean, yeah. that's there's, then, it's unavoidable. But I got the UFO right behind me. Could that you that literally put, could have been some kind of like, you know, phallic symbol. And then they went to sell the house. And like, oh, we just need to paint this. Totally. Rocket. Oh, so you, think, oh. you think you think well, that could well, have been I, like I a creepy I keep on saying all you have to do is, yes. is you got to just sand the side like right that. here oh, so okay. that this is round. You, there's yeah. something wrong with you. So yeah. that, this is clearly a small child. <laughs> Keenan, I should not reach out like this. I should not do this at all. Keenan is going to change that into... A strange sex room, no matter what yes. happens. Oh, so <laughs> basically, this this room was like that from two previous owners, and the owners that we bought it from when they ha bought the had house, no children. They saw it. They had no children, but they okay, were like, so it was as soon as they as soon as they looked at the room, they were like, they, they spent a, whoever painted this spent a long time making it, so they left it. And when we moved in, I said the same thing to Mandy, and she was kind of like, "Well, we can get rid of it." I was like, "No." Save it when we have kids, and until then, it will be my comic book room. And I think actually, you should add like the Razor Crest and Serenity. You should oh, absolutely. update it with no, no, some there, like there is cool... definitely Star Wars stuff going on. This I'm I'm changing. I, I'm going to probably change this UFO into the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and okay. probably this phallic I, I'm rocket down with ship. That. I'm going to try and make it into an X-wing somehow. Is everything just paint, or I mean, obviously the yes. rocket is three dimensional. <laughs> right. The rocket. Yeah. The rocket is a is a is a plank of wood. Yeah. But everything else is actually hand painted amazing it, it gives me hope because i uh similarly spent a lot of time on our firstborn's room yeah painted it it was like a we had a pond a pool frogs all ponds kinds of things good for you ponds are good yeah. for you now that people that live there have no kids and i just hope that their guest bedroom still looks like the great outdoors oh yeah. they painted it they painted Chip, it some Brian. ugly kind of immediately um <laughs> the thing i can't show you though is as you go into this closet area like they have Sex lights swing. in it and oh. there's like this area for like a kid to play and like <laughs> It is a sex area. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in the house can be a sex area though. <laughs> I'm I'm still though. If you're go if you're going to make a space room, like what do you think of space when you think of space, what do you think of? Space? space. There's two going things. You can't I'm space. Paint I'm going a black. small child's room black. <laughs> Blackness you cannot and stars. Paint a small child's room black. You That's can not. if no, you do. this looks better. No. Dark blue. Dark blue is the way to go. Yeah. They didn't this, they went half assed. They, they did this bedroom they the right is already more interesting than All right, the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. Let's get into oh, the fact check. Show. Let's get into the fact check. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm cutting everything from the fact check except for what Katie wanted. Um, I I just wanted to I have no idea what kind of a human Steve Jobs was, but I do need to acknowledge that before he died, uh his his wife and he set up the Emerson Collective, which is a nonprofit organization, and they have provided millions. I don't know about billions. I know the Gates Foundation is billions. <laughs> Forty-five um, billion. Yes, yeah. Yes. So certainly it's still not rivaling the Gates Foundation, but um, they have funded public education across the country. Um, they actually were funders of the DACA program and uh, subsequent political campaigns that we are also in support of. And so uh, they've done some good things. They've, they've done some good things with, with the money that they earned, maybe in nefarious ways. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, Jim, what was your favorite that. quote? 
Uh, oh, you can my, do your quote. What my your favorite quote, from quote social network is when Eduardo goes to pu- fake punch Sean, Sean Parker and, and he like freaks and Sean Parker like freaks out and he just says, I like standing next to you, Sean. It makes me look so tough. I <laughs> thought you quoted that last week. I didn't. Oh, all right. I remembered. No. I remembered you in my mind. You did in my mind. <laughs> Uh, okay, time for the rundown. There right. we go. Okay. Uh, we have music. Oh, we have music. This is the name of that um crazy, crazy rock man guy who would always perform without a shirt on and would jump around the stage a lot. Henry Rollins? Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins. Yeah, yeah, this is Henry Rollins. We run down. Okay, that, that feels like the same vibe as this movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Turns out, climate change is real. One bad apple really can ruin the bunch, and people do actually need water and plants to live. Welcome to Mad Max Fury Road, where everything feels like a blind albino guitar player hopped up on cocaine, adrenaline, bunchy chords, and gasoline. I wrote Vaseline, which also feels appropriate. That that would probably work as well. Watch while the apocalyptic Bane and the one-armed Linda Carter G.I. Jane try to overthrow Trump and his minions and restore sanity and vegetables to the earth. Love it. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, we got sidetracked. I never even said what beer I'm oh, drinking. Yeah, go ahead. And I yeah, think yeah. especially I'm what drinking Clown Shoes, double dry hopped Zen Garden. I don't like clowns. So look at that. It's got the little Grim well, Reaper yeah. in a garden. So much of this movie about a garden. Uh, so yeah. this is a film. Uh, true. That received 10 Oscar nominations. Yeah. Shocking. And it's something that I think is almost unparalleled for a movie of this type yeah, to yeah. receive that kind of notoriety. And it kind of took, I think Hollywood by storm and, and the country in some respects by storm. I don't remember a lot about this. You know, I heard about pre-production and then it just kind of came out and it was something I think that shocked people uh, especially since Mad Max is very much in the cult film genre. Absolutely. But this was, this is like a, a piece of art in some ways. How surprising was this movie for you, Katie? Because you had not seen it um, prior to this. Was it what you thought it was going to be? Mm, I don't know if I was in, I don't know if, I don't know if I had anticipated anything. I don't know if I had any expectations of it. I felt like it was an action film that was trying to have a message that sometimes worked and sometimes fell flat. I felt like there were a lot of gaps in this movie. Overall, it's an experience. I mean, I was like, I felt I've never done cocaine, but I felt like this is probably what it feels like. <laughs> felt felt like like hardlining cocaine, like right into my like right into my chest cavity. That's um, the whole time. Um, there was some really awkward dialogue in it that I got like hung up on, like like grunt grunting and then like redemption, <clears throat> redemption. Um, but I, there was a vision. 
it clearly had a vision to it. <laughs> That's what I will say about this film. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim. Um, yeah, this is the probably this this is the second time I I, I watched it. Um, neither time in the theater, obviously. Um, I I like certain parts of this movie. Uh, I love the way it looks. I think it looks incredible. Um, I think Charlize and the female actors are pretty good. I think um, Nux, who who is that? Uh, what's his name? Nicholas Holt. Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Chaplips. Chaplips. Yeah, Chaplips. He's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hardy, Agreed. I think, is awful. Agreed. After rewatching this, I think Tom Hardy is awful. I don't know whether his vo- his voice was ADR'd the whole time, but it felt like he had a filter on his voice that no one else in the film had, and it made every time he talked feel like an overdub to me in a really bad way. I, I don't know whether it was just the way he was putting on his voice or what, and that might be why they didn't have him say anything. Um, but I I agree with Katie. I think if you're trying to tell a story to make this a little more meaningful and have a theme that is a little more evolved than cars blowing up and people blowing up, then fucking do it. And don't, don't like half-ass the characters. And I think for, for Mad Max specifically to have his name in the title, I know everyone says this is a Furiosa movie. Uh, also, you didn't tell us her fucking story you either. You story. So you like you don't know why she does what she does. No. What is the tipping point after seven thousand days that makes her finally decide to turn the tables? So like I, I love all the practical effects and all the crazy shit they did in this movie because I think that was really fun. I still love this movie way more than something like John Wick, which I think is uninventive and fucking derivative and awful but i think you have to compare it so i i can't compare it to the other mad max films but speaking tonight it's to better a, <laughs> all oh, of them oh interesting oh the person i spoke to <laughs> the tonight road warrior though? said yeah said maybe road not the warrior road warrior and thunder. Yeah, road no warrior. it is way better than thunderdome okay thunderdome, thunderdome is, 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 is like Thunderdome's an 80s amazing. camp it's a campy mess of a movie okay. it's just mel gibson's hair yeah, alone it's in like, that movie is... it's like not as it's basically on the level of something like Big Trouble in Little China, but not funny. Okay. So it's not good. <laughs> uh, Keenan, tell us your yes, thoughts. Yes, Keenan. So I, I absolutely love this movie. I do agree that Tom Hardy is, I don't know if he's quite right for the role. I think he did a decent job, but it's like when you look into like the things that were happening back, like behind the scenes, which was like he was having huge issues with the director like they were they were at each other's like throats the entire time because tom hardy refused to trust the director knew what he was doing and this is something that you know george miller created this in the 80s like this is the fourth movie in a series now of course it has been a long time since the last one came out but it's like it's it's a series he created you gotta trust the guy you gotta but go this the has no, with wait him. a second i'll disagree with you there this has nothing to do with those other movies I'm, well, nothing. It's not even the same need, guy. Really, don't. No, it's, it's not, not the even guys. the same guy. But my point Character. is that that Tom Hardy had no faith in George Miller, so that's part of the reason why his performance is not. Because like the whole time he's miserable, he's practically phoning it in. On top of it, I 
I don't know. Like I am really hot and cold with Tom Hardy. I used to be like, Oh, he's, he's great. I loved him as Bane. Uh, I loved him in rock and Rolla. I, I, I like him. He in... really is Bane. Yeah. He's kind of still Bane in this movie. Yeah. He's he great. His is. show taboo is, is incredible. Same. And he's excellent. in that is a great, Bane. but like venom was so, atrocious. Yeah, it I does feel that. so. I I think I missed the part that this was that these are all George Miller films. I probably missed that. So here, two things. Number one, it makes sense because I feel like there's a whole lot of story in George Miller's head that didn't come through, and this is a, probably, a storytelling yeah. flaw where oftentimes there are parts of the story that are still in the creator's brain that they don't realize have not come through in the final product, right? And so for somebody on that first watch, like. I had so many questions that I honestly kept thinking, I must have missed something. And then I would check with Jim, like, so do we know? So, like, what happened to, like, so that when she says, like, remember me, right, that there's an implication that there's a relationship yeah. there between her. And so, because clearly she's not a mom. She's not one of the moms. She's right. not a milker. She's not providing the milk. She's a general. So she's over all of his, like, male descendants there are no other women in that rank <laughs> there are no other war there are no war girls right it's just her and we don't get a bit of that story of you will in the prequel but that that's dumb <laughs> like, I, th this is where you need it I see. I don't know. There's there's something see, about the way that that it is told. Like it it is basically this whole movie from start to finish. It really. I mean, you get a little bit in the beginning just to explain how Max got involved, which just shows him being chased down by these people. But the the whole story is basically just that car chase. It's just yeah, them but on the road. But and, you see, part of part of this movie really hinges on the fact that she has a hope of getting them somewhere you need to know i i think the biggest thing See, but i don't think that she did i i mean you they even get the they they have a line where they say that they had to convince her to take them the the, the right, women. right right the the they had to convince breeders to take them this whole plot from start to finish was just her trying to get to back to where she came from. She wanted to get raised, uh, raised high enough in Immortum Joe's ranks so that she'd be trusted with the warship by herself. So Wait a second. None of this happens in the movie. You are, dude, you are <laughs> making this up. Well, okay, here's, that part... Here's the conversation that did happen. Is he making here's, it up, or is there somewhere... No, he no, asks here, her, here, have here, you done this story. before? Here is that story conversation does something. happen. She wants to get home and like through her attitude through the way that she answers questions through the way she talks about everything and her like max is talking about like where are we going what's this greenland and she's kind of like i had to tell him someone something i can't forget i forget what her line is but it boils down to her basically saying like it doesn't matter what they think they think i'm taking them to the promised land really i'm just going home and that's why the moment she shows up there she's like remember me i am daughter of so and so yeah, yeah, yeah. i am from that line because she just wanted to get home that's it that's right all but, it is. No, but she also I, I i don't think i don't agree with that because it seems like she also very much wants to save them and yeah. you see right. that well, I multiple think it's times a long, uh, yeah along the way 
she started just like Max. So your 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 take is that she waited. She this is the earliest possible moment she could have tried this. Probably but that again, that that is actually not not explained. There's so that a conversation away from right there. Is my takeaway from that is yes, this is the moment. That's why she chose this moment. She's been planning to go this way and. She was able to get the breeders, and this is why she's going on this one trip. But from the beginning, she wanted to get home. Like, that is her goal. That is, and that is in the movie. Like, she wanted to go home. And along the way, yes, she started to have feelings for these girls and felt sorry for them. And same with Max. Like, in the beginning, Max just wants to steal the, the shit or the, the, truck and go home he just wants to leave and then finally like after helping him after the first battle once they're in the canyon finally he's like all right i'll help you you know like and he starts to like feel sorry for them and then he starts to feel for the girls and he ends up fighting with them okay i struggle with a movie that does not tell stories so star wars is an example of a story that starts in the middle. Right. And there are certainly questions that you have as you're watching. What's the first one? <laughs> a New Hope. <laughs> sure. No, the first one that was ever made. A New Hope. Oh, that a was really hope. Yeah, oh. that, That's right. Yeah, that <laughs> really, that's really the name of it. I'm wondering why you're Sorry. laughing in now, space. You're it. like, oh, so right. there's questions, but, right? But that is the first moment that Luke Skywalker has been in any of those films. So, yeah. It's it's an introductory to the world through him. Yes, and yes. you get his story. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh in this film, you don't get anyone's story. You get right. moments and then a whole lot of truck action shots. Yeah. Like how else can we have people and let, fly off of trucks? Right. But we should say we should say all of that is above and beyond anything I think I've seen in a movie. Very cool action. Oh, I'm yeah, just absolutely. saying if yeah. you're going to spend that much time on the action, you have to have well, some investment. That, in, and and that's, there's that, enough time for it. There's these weird conversations that yeah. they have where it's like you could have just used that conversation. Well, even like Furiosa, like drop, you know, the, the, which I think is used in like a ton of the, promotional stuff where she's like dropping on her knees and screaming when she finds out that the green place is ruined like that that's the moment that should be a bookend to 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 like her wanting to like like that should be the the bookend to what we learned in the beginning of the movie about her but we literally learn nothing about her in the beginning of the movie and i don't think he does enough leading up to that point for us to understand her motivations to go, Oh, now I feel why she, because there is nothing that says I want to go home. And that's the moment, like a, a switch flips and is like, I'm going to do this thing. Cause I, I don't have to be find honest. out till well after that moment that she's done the thing. <laughs> I thought it was more against Joe. Of, like I thought it was more about I'm going against Joe and right. taking and the things that he cares the most about and getting them away from him not as much about going going back home yeah and then there's the the moment where like like Katie said when she finally kills Joe and she's like remember me what the fuck does that even mean <laughs> I guess like, we have to watch the next film Jim 
to have any answers. No, but but you're taking that as like so you when you brought that up to me, you you were taking that as like, hey, do you remember me? I just killed you. And no, no, no. Me- no. I thought it was a reference to whatever their story has been. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh. like do you remember me? Oh, okay. like that's what you took that as. Do you remember me? Yes. I was taking that as like wherever you're going, remember me that that yeah. I did right. this to you. Oh, see, I I heard yeah, a different that's what inflection I took it as, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. You see, to me, this whole like discussion of character and stuff like that is irrelevant for this movie because it's I, not I, though because they try but, to do it. That's it. But I, not enough. <laughs> but, I, but I don't they think. Do. A little, but not much. I don't think they gave it much that's care. So here's and the difference: because you think, said I'm going to love think, this more than Roadhouse. No, Roadhouse. I didn't say you stays. would love this more than oh, Roadhouse. You did. You I did. Know. I'm sorry. Like just because it's got our commenter Jeff is talking about how this this film was billed as having such a strong female protagonist. Yeah, but it, like it has to have the other stuff too, right? He, like he, you're not reading his whole comment though. No, he's like. No, there are no, plenty of other movies. No, 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 that I'm sorry, sorry. It, it wasn't. Jeff Alien. wasn't. Yes, he wasn't in support of that theory. But just that, like that's how this film was, you know, buffeted. I guess. Um, I I just felt like I don't know. It was a confused film. It felt like a confused film to me. Of See, like, I don't think it was confused at all. Yeah, I think I it knew exactly what it was doing. Yeah. I don't think it fit. It does. I don't think it fits yeah. into what a maybe what a normal movie is. But I think it's one of those things right. that is uniquely cinematic. It's it's not something that could be a book. It's not something that would work in TV. It's not something that would be a stage play. And in terms of the normal, like, I I agree. I'm not going to agree. Like, the Tom Hardy character, to me, was almost like they needed him with that name on it to be able to get the movie made. Yeah, it's weird. Like, he doesn't need to be in the film. It's kind of like, why does John Connor always shows up in a Terminator movie? Exactly. It's like, like, could could, could this movie have made been made without the mad max character and maybe even been more interesting yes absolutely but i i think when i looked at it it's like different like when when we look at the social network Mm -hmm. for example the character development the dialogue it's like that is a vital piece to to make that movie like this movie to me is just more an experience of it's relentless it's the things that they're it's totally different in that way. And it kind of reminds me in some ways, like if you watch a Terrence Malick film or some of these other experimental films, it's, it's not, it lacks in a lot of things. I think at times that we would consider to more be, open to interpretation. Yeah. A story. But when I think you look at the Oscar nominations, all the Oscar nominations make sense to me because it was production design, costuming, you know, those type of, it, it definitely, creates a world that is intriguing like visually and those types of things in terms of dialogue no i mean i completely agree there in terms of motivation like if i really wanted to dig into it i i completely agree but i also think maybe seeing it in the movie theater experience kind of like we talked about with air force one 
is is maybe different as well versus sitting there or also maybe doing it for an episode where we're trying to actually analyze some of the things as opposed to just sitting there and experiencing it. Yeah, see, Brad, I, just, I disagree because I think like I can roll into a straight up action. Thing. You, know, you know that I, I get I can get into just like brainless don't think too hard about this. Just roll with it. Yeah, so, I like, think I can do that. I'm in. I'm in for the ride. There were too ma- mo- many moments where it was like, stop. We're going to try to be meaningful here. Stop. Yeah. Let's have a little do- chat about philosophy. I I, like, <laughs> no, just don't have that you. then. It does kind of lead you to ask the questions that it doesn't answer. Yes. And I think that's part of the problem. Yes. There's too much. There's too much like use of symbol of of theology of i mean if you want to talk about feminist ideation yes it's all there and then it's just like we're just we're not really gonna we're just gonna kind of like do it half (laughs) we're just we just wanted we just wanted to dress them in white because it looks cool (laughs) i don't know i don't know i i wanted i wanted them to either lean in or lean away but not do it Ryan, did you did you see this in the theaters I did not, which I feel kind of bummed about, but I've seen it twice now. What I did do is they did a black and white cut, which was kind of very interesting. In fact, the first time I saw it was the black and white version, which was really interesting because I felt like that played more to an aesthetic and maybe that took away from some of the story stuff as well. It almost felt like an old Western um, on the chase as well, which the dialogue in those well, were it was, really it was originally supposed and, to be just all in black and white, but they they were forced to put it in color. Yeah, and then I the second time I watched it actually when I watched it last night I watched it in 4K, um, which was interesting because it was so different. I actually think I probably enjoyed it more technically in black and white, and I, and I do have to say this: I think I probably enjoy this film more for the the filmmaking aspect of it than maybe the film yeah if that makes any sense like i'm I'm, i was like i was impressed with like some of the way it was set up and the way it was shot and stuff like that so i mean that could be it too if if i was looking at it purely from a story situation so maybe it was the bias there that i i was so intrigued in terms of how they pulled some of this stuff off um that that maybe wins it bonus points. Whereas I the see, story I, itself is not like an Oscar winning story. But I think it, it, I think it could be. And I think that's where I feel let down is like, it's such an interesting see, world and absolutely. Yes. The visuals are incredible. The action sequences are incredible. It has such a compelling feel to it. And so then when you hit the road bumps of like, now we're going to try to have a meaningful conversation between Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. And it's going to feel like the first time you and your high school boyfriend tried to have sex. <laughs> like, that's how it feels. It's like, oh, and we just stopped and had an awkward moment. Now we're back in because the bungee guys are coming. <laughs> like, I, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe part of my issue was I never cared much for those scenes. Like, I yeah, because they suck. <laughs> 
Because yeah. those scenes I thought suck. you were going to say the part, your problem was that you never had a uh, first experience <laughs> making love to your high school boyfriend. Well, well, that's I, what I, I did. thought you were going to say. Nice here, so Keenan. Keenan so strikes back. Yes, so I can't, actually. Episode five, uh, Keenan strikes back. <laughs> so I actually did see this movie in the theaters, uh, IMAX 3D, which was... Amazing. Oh, that had to be pretty awesome, I would imagine. It was so immersive. Uh, then, I, of course, when it came out, I bought it on Blu-ray 3D, watched it on Blu-ray 3D, and last I watched just regular, just on just regular TV because I haven't yeah. set up my whole home theater system over here. Um, but it, it is interesting. The I think maybe my love for it does come to, uh, I'm agreeing so much more with what, what, what Brian is saying. Like A lot of it is the experience. And there's so much more forgiven about the way the story unfolds because it is, I just look at it as we are just getting like a peephole on this just chase. And what we don't get though, story-wise is because there's no exposition. Like we yeah. get little bits of exposition. What exposition we're given, we have to interpret as the viewer. And actually I like it because I think it feels more natural. Like really, if you if you are sitting in a car and in that situation, are you going to be like, well, growing up, I grew up in the Greenlands. And then, yeah, of course, yeah. you know, I was well, taken by a Mortem Joe at this certain age. And that's where I was forced into a servitude. But so no, hold on, no, no. You're, you're like, making an assumption that funky. you're making an assumption that the storytelling has to be done through exposition. Well, how, how else are you going to you literally you, you film it because they filmed Tom Hardy standing on a mountain of sand talking about. They filmed right. exposition and for him, that, which has no purpose in this film. That's true. From, you don't need his moment, story at all. From the, from the moment you get Mad Max Fury Road, as soon as the title shows up, from that moment on, it is just a straight from point A to point B. There right, is right, no right. flashback. There is no other side. And actually, we don't even get too many, except for occasionally when we have to find like when they when Immortem Joe is sending people out, we don't get too much of anyone else other than the truck like it yeah. mostly focuses on that one road and that's that's where that's where yeah. i'm saying like the way that he chose to tell so, the story i think there it didn't leave anything open for exposition and i was okay with that because i think that it does leave interpretation open. no but so but what those conversations that you're talking about though keenan are so easily tweaked and and I do, I would argue that they're missed opportunities because instead of having, to me, what feels forced is the conversation about redemption, right? Like, yeah, I just met, I just met you. Like, what, what drives you most? Like, I don't even know what he asks her. Redemption. Like, no. Like, it would be those, like, chit-chat sort of, like... Yes, the conversation but of would like, you, how long have I been there? Like, what well, I, what do I, I do, do for think, this weird I, can guy? Can I just say with this? I do think one of the problems is is the way in which they constructed Tom Hardy's character in this makes dialogue almost impossible. Like, right. and and that's a bit like to me that is is an issue, right? It's almost he's borderline mute yes. in this film, and and that's I think there's a difficulty with that. One thing I will say about this film is it it had something that I felt was more an Air Force One that I that when we were talking about Air Force One, there there was a feeling of more relentlessness to this movie that oh, I yeah. wish like this was what I don't think I was able to maybe completely um, get across my point 
and, and Jimmy and Jimmy and I were going back and forth of it. This is what I wanted though. I wanted air force one to be like that confined thing with the truck where I think the actually I'll say, I think the character development, which we knocked in air force one was better. If they could have given us that experience in the truck, on Air Force One, that's, that is what it. I would have been looking. And that's what and I would have been looking for from that film. That's what I was talking about at the beginning of Air Force One with that. You, just that small conversation, right? Like you only need a little bit to get into like character motivation. And so you get more of that with the War Boys. Yep. I was just going to say. The War Boys very easily designed. Defined. Yes. And and it's it applies to all of them. Right. Like, boom, I get this. I get who this person yeah. is in this Dying operation. There they are have, hundreds like, of them. I'm in. Like, I understand that cog in the wheel. And I don't know about you guys, but by the end of this movie, the person I feel most attached to is the War Boy. Is the War Boy. Yeah. He's well, the one he's you a, Nicholas, Nicholas Holt's a great actor. No, but it's not I mean, because of the it's, acting. It's because, it's because of the writing. He de- it's because he's but, developed. Yeah. I'm getting but, all, all sweaty. No, but my all question is this, Jim. This. <laughs> my question, Jim, is I do think it's some of the acting because I... I don't think it's just the writing because well, I think animated. the same writer. Do you know what I mean? I think his Tom performance is like with yeah. what the A writing uh, was there. The other thing I will say about this movie, I have watched an embarrassingly large number of films this year to the point where Aileen tells me I'm not allowed to publicly say what the number is, is approaching. You know that it's over, it's, it's over 250. It, it is close to that. Yeah. Actually. Um, this is, a, a a really unique thing to watch if you yeah. watch that many so from i think i'm drawn to it from that perspective now of watching this obscene number of movies it is very rare for better or worse you get something that really stands out from a lot of other movies and i think partially that's drawing to me it to me as well there, there's just something about it that is unique and again, there's there's certainly flaws with it, but not a lot of people are are making this. And maybe that's fine for the, the reasons we're talking about. But I have an appreciation for it because it is Absolutely. something so wildly different in some ways yeah. than what other people would focus on. And, and, and that's not for everybody, obviously. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I just think the same argument that we've made about so many other movies, is, you know, is present here as well. Yeah. It's like if you have a movie that's that good and having somebody who's a little bit of a better writer in those moments of dialogue, like it would have it would have skyrocketed this film, you know, to, to a nearly perfect film. Like th- those moments become just like black marks on the film. Oh yeah. yeah because everything else is super Mad Max. Yeah. The dialogue in this film, we can, I think we could all probably agree. The dialogue in this film has to be the worst part. But that's it. Like, so Tom you Hardy. get somebody who can write like clearly whoever the writer was like dialogue was not their thing. Right? No, it, it wasn't like, what they cared about. Right. This, right. Here's so a question for you. Who could write killer dialogue? No, or he, like to me, and maybe this is when when it was black and white. Like the dialogue is so minimal in this film. It's it would almost have been better as like a silent film. Yeah. And I'm wondering when I watched it in black and white, the di- like the 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 connotation your mind makes with black and white films. If you watch a lot of them, is the dialogue? You know, there were silent films. 
there are people who even watch this film that way. But I they think that's what makes the words a, more important. No, maybe, but I'm just saying, name. I'm like, that's an interesting thing to me. Like there are people who will watch this film with the soundtrack on the black and white version with no dialogue or they'll well, watch it. And that's just, again, I'm not saying like it's, it's different. This I, I'm, I'm merely saying like, this is a film I put in a slightly different category in some ways. I, I will say it's a great, the attention but. to detail in like the world, the world was pretty awesome. Um, two things I wanted to talk about technically that, well, actually three things that, that either bother me or I found interesting. One, the one thing that I, the only thing I find unforgivable in this movie that they didn't need to do was the crash that should have killed both him and the war boy. That is so freaking stupid that they survive that that crash where they're buried he's like buried for, there, we don't know how long there's no right? one yeah. else in this movie that survives anything right so like i don't understand why why would you do that it just it undermines everything it undermines the stakes of this movie and i i you didn't need to do that you just need to give them a flat and have them like peel off or something like or um 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 less crazy crash right. because it is a film full of insane visuals so right. having something mild could easily just get them out of okay. yeah and they didn't need to do that and it, it to me it hurts it hurts the credibility of this movie um point two point two people are probably going to think i'm going to bring up the guitar player i'm not because I love the idea of that being like it's crazy. Being it's like the, the like, drummer, right? right, it's, right. Like it's like the drummer in the Civil War. The Civil War, right? It's Absolutely. it's an evolution well, they of that. Do have the drummers behind him? I know, right. but the, and, that and is... I love the idea that he. I love what George Miller does in the. He does it in a few spots, but the idea of like these old traditions using what's available to them now, right? And that mm -hmm. stuff that would be available to them. Fine with that. Tom Hardy's voice. What the fuck is going on with the sound design there? There it is won, something. By the way, I just want to say it won the Oscar. It's did, it won did, the Oscar was for I, sound was editing. Was I the only one hearing that on this no, rewatch? It was weird. No, it sounded and like I the same voice was, from Bane. From Bane, it was yeah, his Bane voice. It was, was it was ADR or something that didn't. He was not. It sounded like every time Charlize talked that she was in the truck. Every time he talked, it sounded like he was in a studio talking, and it yeah. was really it was like, jarring. Was he also sling well, blade? Was. Sling blade was the grunter. Well, I think it was mm. probably. Mm. I would. I would wonder if it was the choice. Like if he was going. Like it wasn't this. even the grunting though. It was yeah, like it's the no, but like the room sounds that you hear. Well, they probably couldn't pick up the fucking dialogue. Right, like, that's it, true. It, you know, but, and they were like, probably like, we got to have this guy record this. That happens to other people, and they don't dialogue. win Oscars for it. Right, they they <laughs> no, do better. I think the sound design is other elements okay. of it. I right, think right, they right. probably and then maybe the they final, got it just because we understood anything he said. Maybe that's right. why they gave the him the final thing I'll end on a good note. The thing that I love is the way that he plays with the frame rate in this movie mm. to make things feel frenetic and crazy. So like I don't think if if people aren't aware of what like the frame rate is, typically films are shot in twenty four frames per second. In like some more modern movies like The Hobbit and other ones that look unnatural, they shoot in 48. In this one, I feel like he drops from 24 to like, I don't want to say 15. I don't know if it's like half, but there are certain moments in this in this film where he drops the frame rate. So things seem to be skipping almost. Mm. 
especially in the Tom Hardy escaping scene um, is where you really, where I noticed it the most and it makes things so frenetic. And that to me is like the cocaine thing. Like that to me is like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like that's, and it it won, it won the Oscar for editing. Yeah. And that was, that was really cool. And that was probably, I don't know if it was digitally done or if, or if they shot this on film, but it was I think, pretty cool. no, I think they had to shoot this. I, okay. I, I'll double check. I, I think it, it, was definitely, definitely it, it definitely was film. And on top of it, it's something that he has played around with for a while. Like you yeah. watch the original Mad Max, you watch the, you watch that trilogy. It's, it's, he doesn't do it in, in a well way at all. Cause we're yeah. talking about the eighties, but he is like constantly in car chases, things like that, playing around with the frame rate. So this is obviously years of practice. He's finally figured out how to do it. You know, like you can see the start of it in that, but it's funny because the editing, like if you, if you read a, l- a little bit of the, of the trivia, the editing was done by his wife. And yes. like when, when she asked like, you know, why do you want me to edit it? Like, I'm going to edit it as a woman. It will be different than anything that that's been edited before. And he's like, that's okay. why. Well, I mean, which I, I disagree with. I that hate point these half hearted, like feminist things. Like, no, because, like just do, uh, what's do the thing or don't uh, do the thing. God well, damn what's it. What's the thing? Uh, who we, uh, Scorsese's editor was a woman forever. Yeah. yeah. And so was Quentin Tarantino's. It so doesn't I think mean you can... you're a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about our favorite visuals. Oh, yeah. The- so, yes, he should have died in the crash, but. The moment when he emerges from the oh. sand and you think that it's a mountain. <laughs> I don't know. I, the perspective on it, right? Like, because you have no idea. Like, you think you're just looking at the world, right? So it's like hill of sand. And then it's like, oh, human form. That was cool. I liked that. <laughs> I thought that he shot, um, and John Seal, who was the DP for this, shot Charlize Theron perfectly. Like I, I, I yeah. loved the way she was shot. In fact, again, I would advocate for this, not even having Mad Max in it, the whole coat, like opening part pre Mad Max, like with Tom Hardy, like you, there, I, I want to see this film, like just a true film where it's just relentless. Nothing like don't even have Tom Hardy, just have it be, we, we start out with Charlize Theron, like when we sh- were introduced to her and then just go from there. And yeah. that to me would have made this, I, that, and maybe that's, that's sacrilege. No, you're that, right. That to me would have just, What does he bring to the film? Uh, like in the story. And, anything he, he does done, in this film could have been done by like war boy. her best friend. Well, right. right. I if mean, she had me, like a partner. To me, as soon as the war boy becomes one of their... People, I will right? say like, the fight between the two of them with the with the chain in the car door is pretty is awesome. Cool. Yeah. No, but I I guess my point is like I would love, and I, it, maybe it's a financing and his his love for this and people who are Mad Max it's, aficionados. But I I'm just talking about this film. Like, give me something which is what I think this wanted to be. It's just this resent like relentless. I'm absorbed in this world. And and then if you're going to tell me there's no dialogue and I, I, I do agree with Katie and Jim, I still, I, I certainly probably like this movie more than I do, but I don't need any philosophical. I don't even maybe need, I, I could have gone a whole movie and I maybe didn't even need to know either. Don't tell me the motivation at all or really go into the motivation. Well, but if so, you give so here's me this it. There's experience, the, there are I'm these beautiful moments, right? right? So let, let me just give you the contrast. The moment between the older woman, the what are the motorbike people called? Who are they? Do they have the names? Vol- or whatever. The Volvo women. Sure. 
that everything's <laughs> all all the women right all the symbolism okay so vulva ladies um one of them opens her bag her pocketbook funny funny and inside there are seeds i mean seriously let's just right. keep going with the symbols um so it's kind of all twisted but also there's a beautiful moment there with our very you know spiritual wifey who gets like oh like plants right like like the, the right like and there's no real conversation it's just action but there's a story there yeah. right and so you understand this woman's history and like, you know, they ha they do have a conversation about like death killing. Right. That's been, you know, no one, un no unnecessary killing. And so we get that motivation of the wifeys um, breeders. Sure. And then seven wives. No. Um, and then you get, you know, the old woman basically saying like, you know, it's survival. And like and, and you didn't some... have to do it back then. Right. Like and so that that feels natural organic not forced I, just like this two people meeting for the first time getting to the point yeah they they could have called this like if they went fury road a mad max story or something like that because the really the only purpose he serves in this film is to connect us to a world that we might already have familiarity with from the other movies agreed but they still exposition the beginning and say like what the world is sort of all about. So like they didn't even they, get, I feel like, I feel like they needed, this is the marketing tool, right? Because <laughs> yeah, for better yeah, yeah. or worse the nostalgia of it. And listen, Keenan's right. This was written so long ago. Mel Gibson was supposed to be in it. And then they went through a whole cycle. I can't even remember who some of the other people were. They, this right. had gone through like a decade of cycling yeah. in different actors that they were going to plug into this. George Miller went and was actually, um, about to film a Justice League movie, and then he filmed yes. Happy Feet, which I wish to God he had filmed, and we wouldn't have. Had, and then he did Happy Feet. And okay. he also did two Babe movies. So, by the way, we we have a dedicated commenter who's yeah. been giving us so much material. So, and I'm sorry, Jeff, but I I would like to comment on this. Yeah, good. Me too. Um, that so he's pointing out that um, Mad Max is really supposed to be our perspective, our point of view, and and yes, like that he he drops into the world and. So everybody else is of the world. And I mean, he's of the world, but not of this place. This right? community. Right? Yeah. Um, right. And so a lot of those questions that he asks absolutely are our questions. Like, what's in the tanker? And like, have you made this drive before? Even though that conversation. What's this sense. is what he says. Though. What's, not, what's, what's, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? <laughs> yes. So uh, agreed. Just wish he was better. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I sort of see it as like he's... So like, yes, he's our point of view, but we don't need Mad Mad Max to be our point of view. That could have been anybody. There's nothing about the character of Mad Max that makes him specifically perfect for our point of view. Well, and Jeff is saying that's who he is in all of the films. So again, maybe right. it's just a Tom is. Hardy issue of like that 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 he's supposed He'd to rather walk have Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. But there honestly, are many for, other options. No, let's no. Recast. But let me Can say something. Oh yeah, let's I do a recast. Even, but I don't even know if you need a recast. I think it's interesting if there's this little dialogue. I think an older Mad Max in this, if he could have gotten Mel Gibson, 
would have made more sense. It would be actually in- interesting. Maybe well, then the conversation about redemption would have felt a little but meaningful. That's what I mean. Do, do you agree with that? Like if you had like he was a more beaten up older you know, guy in his fifties for what needed to be done in this movie. I think he could have, he yeah. could have done that. That's interesting. I, I, I mean, yeah, they the avoided never using him that because they wanted a future. They yeah, want, yeah. they want someone younger so that, that there's, I would, I mean, like when you think so like start again, you pick one of the Helmsworth brothers or something like, yeah. the, Oh, I'm like, sure they were in the run. I'm sure there were a lot of people. Yeah, like the any, for there's, this, right? there's so many people else. that, that I, 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 and I don't want to say that Tom Hardy was bad, but because I'll put he this on. Bad. He was bad, but I will say but like I, we don't. I don't know problem, what he was given though, which if the is problem, interesting. Like how if, much was he given? If what we saw was because of the problem between him and George nothing. Miller, then I blame George Miller. He had it's his fucking movie. He can he put whoever he wants in this. Well, and they said so. That do your also, fucking homework. <laughs> he he wasn't working with Charlize, right? Like that. There was well, a whole no, thing. There was, of, there was a whole issue. She had issues. Him. With, no, him. she no, but she both of them had admitted, like Charlize and Tom Hardy have admitted that they were both at fault. Like during the end and because she had issues with George Miller as well, because so much of what this movie was, there was like no dialogue. There was no shooting script. And he's like, believe me, this is going to be here and it's going to be amazing. But I have to be honest, if you go look at the other Mad Max movies, I don't Yeah, What did you think you were getting into? Well, no, but I'm saying. This movie is significantly, I think, more impressive technically in things that they did than those. But there's less story. uh, But so I could see some apprehension if if you're sitting there and being like, my dialogue is grunting and I'm just supposed to expect this is going to happen. And Charlize Theron shaving her head and has a CGI arm and is like, and he's like, no, no, don't worry. This is going to look amazing. We have an albino uh, guy playing a guitar. Mm-hmm. We have guys looking like they're from the Cirque du Soleil uh, set. This is all going to look amazing. And both of them, when they saw it, were like, oh, my God, we were wrong, George. We're sorry. Like, And they've made amends. But there is a level, like, when you're watching this, this would be a difficult thing to buy into, I think, because there's not green screen. Like maybe if you're doing green screen, you're like, okay, I get it. This is, you're doing an Avengers movie. I understand I can act to the screen, but they're not doing that. And he's saying, no, this is going to look amazing. It's great. And Tom Hardy's like, this is my 52nd grunt today. Uh, Am I grunting properly? Like, so I agree with Jim. I do think that some of this, you know, that, that, performance and i think performance a lot of time is really what the director's responsibility is you're supposed to get that performance out of that person one more nitpick from katie and then we gotta move on Mm -hmm. we gotta move on um the war boys who are like dehydrated malnourished do we know why they're white radioactive i guess they like never die Right. Like they like they get like blown up, stabbed through the face, shot like they just keep coming back to life like they're freaking Valhalla, baby. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Valhalla. <laughs> With but that stuff the you can buy, biker, by the way, in the real life. The biker ladies who have ostensibly like we're supposed to believe they they are the ones who have been in pure survival mode for the past 30 years, like out there just surviving. They just like fall I will say like that chopped trees. Well, but no, I think a cool lot of the war boys scenes. do die. We just oh, yeah, there's just we so don't much, care. so many like more of them. So many more, right? yeah, Star yeah. Wars. 
Yeah, and because mm-hmm. of the fact that that they are all painted white, you just assume that they're all the same person. I right? guess but so. But you see several of them, sort of like the guy that gets stabbed in the face, who's like, ah, you know, he dies back. literally a second later yeah, when he jumps on the car. Comes back up, He's, you yes. know. But then they all resurrect, and then the women, it's like, but oh, even then, the, the spray is actually like meth. Like that's what it is. I, it's yeah, like it's speed. Well, that whatever it, that, that like, stuff really speed. is sold out on Amazon immediately when the film came out. It's oh, something they use for to put on cakes. It's like a cake uh, right. spray. Oh, yeah. it's edible Color, paint. Uh, yeah, edible yeah. paint. And that's, that's what they funny. were spraying. That makes sense. Um, so By the way, I, hold on really quickly. Uh, yes. To answer Katie's question, because I never got to, you asked favorite visuals. Mine is the poles. The crow. My, the crow. Oh, oh, the poles. The pole scenes. Yeah. I like the crow people. shot pulling out and seeing the poles Cirque going Soleil, in man. and out. Mm-hmm. That was that. That to me is my favorite visual of the yeah. whole movie. The crow people. Sorry, I had to, I had They're cool. They, for my turn I just thought it was borrowed. there. That's that's like a Lion King Broadway <laughs> production <laughs> trick. It is the the crow people like yeah. that's yeah. But it's but it was cool. It was very cool. All right, uh, I am a, a a big watch on this again for its yeah. flaws. I think for, yes. I I would definitely there are a lot of this. worse movies. We've oh yeah yeah about. yeah. No, watch it. Don't watch it right before bed. You won't sleep. You it's know, it's hard like pumping. a middle of the night sort of yes. or a middle of the day sort yeah. of film. Mm-hmm. All right. Time for game. Did you go right to bed afterwards? But it wasn't the first time you watched it. Keenan, you're probably up to what, like three in the morning most nights. Not anymore. Mm. All right. Well, he's a married man. He's in his twenties. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Game of the week time. All right. This time we are playing higher or lower, ranking Mad Max Fury Road against some of our other films uh, that we've done. Uh, Let's start out with the film that uh, Keenan's co-host Tim did with us, uh, a Star Wars film, Rogue One. Would you rather watch Mad Max Fury Road or Rogue One? Let's start with Would I rather watch it? That's different yeah. question well, all right higher okay higher lower which do you think is a would you rank as a better film oh me i'm going rogue one same yeah rogue one's to me so like when i think about film i think about visual storytelling and i think rogue one is a better story there and, yeah, and yeah it's yeah i i, I rogue one yeah I, I think it's it, it, for me, it's easier on which one would you rather watch? Like, that's actually how I was thinking. Which All right. Well, which one watch? would you rather watch? Rogue One. Rogue One. If I had a choice yeah. between the two of them, Rogue One. I think I'd pick Rogue One as well. I think yes. I'd rather watch Rogue One. And I think there's a fair argument that Rogue One, based on the universe and stuff that's involved, there's an, we made this argument with Tim that Rogue One might be one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. Yeah. So, uh, all right. How about uh, a film that came out around, uh, you know, a little bit earlier than it? Uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Of course, one of the great Mm. doom thug um, (laughs) pop adult series that they do for your episode was a uh, series. Keenan was a full review of all Mission Impossible films. Where would you put Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in comparison to Fury Road? Ghost Protocol is probably... I think we finally said it was like the best one of the Mission Impossibles, or at least up there. It's between that and Fallout. Is that the the Burge uh, one? Yes, that's yeah. the one we yeah. we discussed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. That's tough for me. I'll go. It really is tough. All right, Jim, what do you think? I I would rather watch Ghost Protocol. I yep. That's that. I think that's my favorite Mission Impossible besides the first one. Okay, I haven't seen all of the other ones, but I loved. I thought that movie was excellent. Yeah, Katie loved Ghost Protocol. I did. Um, I have to go yeah. get the dog. Here's my hot take. I would put all of these movies over Mad Max. Okay. How about <laughs> Even John Bucker Wick? Bond- what so- about John Wick? <laughs> So for me, for me, the thing is, the problem is that because I did all the Mission Impossibles, like I'm remembering Ghost Protocol, but it is like mixing in with Rogue Nation. But I think it I might be you know what's funny? Yeah, I, 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 I do want to have this conversation eventually, but I have a problem scene. with I have a problem with the the Mission Impossibles that everyone loves. I don't know why. There's just something That's about right. the last two that don't connect with me the way Ghost Protocol does. Ghost Protocol. A lot of people have Ghost Protocol as their favorite mission yeah. possible. So you're yeah. not completely outside. All right. How about Armageddon? Oh, please. Uh, this, the, this over the, Fury Armageddon. Road every day. Yeah, Fury Road. Okay. Uh, how about Air Force One? Fury Road. Fury Road. Yeah, Air Force One's trash. Uh, <laughs> Buckaroo Bonds, I, Keenan. Uh, Jim and I aren't going to answer this. Which <laughs> th- This is a question now. Which would you rather watch? Let's not talk about quality of the film. I want to. I want to. You made us watch Buckaroo Banzai, Keenan. And listen, no, no, no. no. You watched it on your own. You picked it. I didn't. I am willing to say this because I felt Tim said the other day that all we did was beat you up about Buckaroo Banzai Mm. when you were on. And we do remember that I have watched Buckaroo Banzai multiple times. And I, I, you know, I, I don't love it as much as you, but I understand the value of buckaroo bonds there's no it, fucking it's value totally different that that but see, here's my for me is like i would do a double feature of okay buckaroo bonds no double road feature Warrior. all right that's what just, i would be if doing if we just rolled it out here and said it's it's a friday night you have to watch one of the two which are you picking you haven't let's say this you haven't watched either in a year <laughs> you haven't watched either in a year which are you going to put in ah uh. Uh, probably Fury Road. Okay. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to go with Buckaroo uh, there. Buckaroo Bonsai is fun. But like I said, that's not the, this is not the Mad Max I would put in comparison with which, Buckaroo which, Bonsai. It would be Road Warrior okay. or Thunderdome. Which Mad Max would you watch if you had your choice? You had to watch one Mad Max movie. Which one are you watching? Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's time for five questions. Here we go. Wait, no. You want just, answers? Yep. You want answers? Oh, that was game. Of I want the truth. <laughs> Makes a man, Mr. Lebowski. I would watch. I would watch Thunderdome because it makes me laugh the most. <laughs> Thunderdome's pretty crazy. Thunderdome's awesome. All right, here we go. Five question time with Keenan. Uh, first question is our thumbs up or thumbs down. In essence, uh, this film is really a quaint, small, little family road trip film. Uh, Keenan, how do you feel about family road trips? Thumbs up. I used to go on them all growing up. My parents took me around to, we tried to hit all the 50 states. I think that I'm Ooh. 15 short. Were you going to try to drive your car to Hawaii? <laughs> no, my parents got us in they they had this by the way if you can ever google this it's a 1978 dodge maxi van and it was painted <laughs> like green and it had shag interior actually you guys you i'm very familiar, we're familiar right. with the laird van very familiar with we've all vehicle, seen yes. the laird van yes and, yeah. and that we, that we used to drive around cross country 
All right. I love it. Uh, all right. I like picturing two. Mrs. Laird as Furiosa. I <laughs> <laughs> would be. A, could she dress up like that for your And wedding? your dad just going, yes. what's this? <laughs> <laughs> your, dad could, yeah, your dad could be man back. That'd be awesome. All right. Keenan, uh, would you rather watch a Tom Hardy film or a Charlize Theron film? Ooh. Bonus, name the film you'd watch based upon the person you pick. <sighs> Charlize Theron, because she's got so much range. Yeah. Like, to be honest, yep. like, there, there's Absolutely. like Tom Hardy, you, you pretty much a Tom Hardy movie. Like, there, there's a couple, like, he does really well. It's like, it, it, he's got a wheelhouse where Charlize Theron, it could be anything. She's great in comedy. Yeah. I mean, she uh, just did that Seth Rogen movie. That movie that is hilarious. Good. Yeah. Long, that, that is a very long good. shot. Actually, is a good like, movie. The, long shot. The movie, the movie wasn't great, but she was even good in A Million Ways to Die in the West. She's obviously great in action and yeah, monster. And monster. She, do, and monster. Do you know what dramatic. movie? Like, do you know what's a great movie with her in it? Atomic Blonde. I haven't seen. I thought that you were one. about to say Legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah, no. Legend of Bagger Vance, I own and I enjoy. <laughs> she was also great in her small cameo role in Tom Hanks' directorial debut, That Thing You Do. Mm. which redeemed oh, my faith that? Yes, in yes. late 90s films. Uh, okay, fill in the blank question, Keenan. The most exciting thing about finally becoming an adult has been, and we've chronicled this, congratulations to you, you're back to school. You've Dude. purchased a home. You've gotten married. This Everybody, else is, regret, everybody else is regressing in 2020. We're going back to a, a, a more, this, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Time period. You are never growing. Seen <laughs> never seen anything like it. What is been we're all the most atrophying is the way to, is the yes. way to describe Thank it. Thank you. Okay. That's <laughs> we why are you all are in the, a state of atrophy. That is why you the English teacher. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate that. My wife, my wife's been the best part because mm. honestly, everything else being an adult sucks. Getting the house. Amazing. Paying rent sucks. Moving sucks. You know, going back to school, uh, I, that, that's kind of nice that I'm getting my associate's degree, but yeah. still, same point, doing all the work after 20 years of not going, like, it's, it's been, well, it's not quite 20 years, but it's been about 20 years, almost, like around there. Well, moving <laughs> does suck when you stretch it out over a six-month period or whatever it is. Oh, no, no, we, we stretched it out over a month and a half, and <laughs> we got our floors getting done next week, so... Don't don't join Tim's side. Don't. I, I was. I, I was get kind of. Floor I was. I did. Floors done. I I did say <laughs> when we were doing this, I thought you filming this episode from the streets of Delco would have been more uh, <laughs> fitting. Oh my god! I went to. This. I went. I went to the giant in Haverford today, and that was like I was like I'm in the right mindset for Dury Road right now. There yeah. you go. You got to go to the Broom Mall, dude. Ooh. Ugh. Uh, okay, here we go. Favorite question. So Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's daughter mm. is in this film. Mm. Which also, led me... they don't let her have the beautiful hair that everybody else has. Yeah. No! All the, all the other birthers have gorgeous uh, locks. And Zoe Kravitz, who's an incredibly beautiful woman, cut her own hair. Yeah, may, she might yeah. have. Maybe she did. By the way, also in this film, Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Yep. 
Um, oh, the redhead. The redhead. Yes, yes. it's the redhead. Yes, I was uh, looking at her thinking, I know this person. <laughs> right. And Megan Fox's replacement in the Transformers franchise. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> true. Uh, so, Keenan, what is your favorite Lenny Kravitz song? I, I know it's such a cop-out, but fly away. I do love that song. I, I mean, I know it's like his big song and like yeah. people who don't really know Lenny Kravitz. Like, hey, that doesn't matter. Too. That's I fine. Think, uh, again, that's I think that's my favorite. That was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Again. I liked his version of American Woman on the Austin Powers by yes. Shagman <laughs> soundtrack as well. Uh, all right, Dead finally. Sexy, that man. Yeah. De- uh, deep thoughts question, Keenan. If you had lived in the post apocalyptic world of Mad Max, mm. what type of vehicle would you want to have? I mean, it's such a cop out, but I'm going to do it. It's the Batmobile, specifically Ooh. the Batmobile from the animated series. Oh, you <laughs> fucking would. No, no, no. Honestly, it's not it a cinematic to... Batmobile. No, no. So it's not <laughs> it allowed. would have to be the Tumbler because it's a freaking tank. Like, yeah, it's a tank. Like, why? Why have like this crazy? You, you can drive around in a tank. It's got guns on it. It's it's fine. Huh. I yeah. I thought the vehicles were so cool. Yeah. I oh, I loved are. the like combo, the double car. Yeah, like, I, mean, every- I would love to say that I would want to be in like the monster mo- like the 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 car from the the monsters. You know, like I mean, like like something like that, like a really cool like, hot rod type deal, car. Ghostbuster. I would love to say that, but I mean, if it's me personally living in that. Oh, you, I'm gonna die in the first like minute or two. I need to be in a car that's like a. You need the Batmobile from the Nolan movies. You need the. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, what I said. That's the Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr. that's what I need. That's the only way I'm gonna live. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to hear a whole podcast episode on amazing cars and films, uh, did you see <laughs> yeah, how I did, did that, that Keenan? Yeah, yeah, nice I know. Cool. Do you like that? You like how that? That was that was not by accident. Bring it home and that do was, another I podcast. That, 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 that was an episode that was, of Cars. That was that was not. Uh, check out Pop Out, and where can we find Pop Out? Has an amazing episode. This uh, will probably get you on some kind of FBI search list uh, uh favorite adult cartoons yeah. so don't go google don't go googling that one yeah. well, no, no, that's why that's arrested. why we changed the title from top five adult cartoons to top five cartoons for adults very still, totally different very e- smart. still probably disturbing right. oh, it still but... can be taken differently but yes where can we find pop adult though where should uh, we, look? we we're on all the streaming sites we're on spotify tune in all of that you just search pop adult and you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Love it. Uh, Keenan, thank you. Uh, we have we to also say thank you, you to Jeff Doherty, who stuck with us Absolutely. for the entire I think he's pretty episode. drunk, he said. Yeah. <laughs> he said Venture Brothers. Which was one of the oh, that, Keenan's. That is, that is one of mine. Yes, absolutely. Is taught, we don't want to spoil it, but that is absolutely Go team venture. true. Um, <laughs> Join us next week when we're going to be doing a film that's very much about dialogue, very mm. much about character development, very much about not having cars uh, and people on bungee cords and things like that. As we'll be watching the Denzel Washington film, Fences. Mm. Quite gonna, a jump. We're quite a jump. I'm gonna go going to go watch Roadhouse and then watch Ooh. me some Denzel. <laughs> yeah, love it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.